Big West, really? What the f***? Spirekin Con Report, Otakon 2022. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spirekin's Con Report, the podcast where we talk about all things conventions. We talk about our feelings about conventions we've come to, basic convention news, and more importantly than that, the feelings about where con culture is going. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope you're doing well and hope you're excited for another fun-filled convention report. If you want to listen to any of our earlier episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com, where we have all of our con reports from Anime Boston straight through to Anime Next and Otakon and beyond. Also, we have tons of other podcasts, but you can check them all out there. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. And now that that's out of the way, let's actually get to this, because as I said in the title opener, we're talking about Otakon 2022. Now, this is one of my favorite conventions I've been to for years. It's a convention which invigorates the soul and gives me hope about fandom in general. And for those of you who are unaware, uh, Otakon started in 1994, and it is a fan convention that celebrates Asian culture, specifically manga, anime, video games, TV, music, fashion, everything possible. And this year it was held July 28th through 30th of 2022 at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. And if you haven't been to this convention center, it's actually really elegant and nice. The hotel connected to it is beautiful and also stupid expensive. We didn't stay there this year. This year I was staying at a friend's house and commuted in pretty much a blast and a little save us a little bit of money going through the trains was a pain in the ass though but i digress the convention center was well organized it's actually two buildings connected by an overhead bridge kind of similar to the baltimore center but slightly different but anyway let's actually get to one of the best things that they did this year is that they had a very controlled way to have people enter the convention center first you had to present your vax card and you were required to wear your mask at all times unless you were sitting down and eating. Now, I noticed that 98% of the people followed this rule to a T. They would go in, show their Vax card, get their uh, armband, which was very different than using a sticker for your badge because you could probably sell it to someone else. This way it's stuck on you for the weekend, kind of like that. But they kept it controlled and they wanted to keep people safe. They said, if you didn't feel well, if you had a fever, we don't want you here. And most people followed this rule. The only people I saw who did not follow this were people outside who were smoking, people sitting down at tables and eating, and then one asshole at one panel who took it off because he felt that it's important that he was able to breathe without the mask. Meanwhile, everyone else is wearing a mask, but he didn't need to do that, and he also screamed like a lunatic. Um, We're not going to say this person's name, but it's kind of an asshole move. I don't want to get sick from your stupidity. You don't need to do that. But I shouldn't be rude because everyone else was following the rules and that was the important thing. And that actually made me smile a lot. And just like last year, most people actually were incorporating their masks somehow into their costumes. Uh, You had people who were dressed up as Nezuko who had the bamboo image on their mouth. You had people who were dressed up as Kaneki from Tokyo Ghoul who they had the mask because it already was part of the mask. Power Ranger people with masks on. uh, Zelda with the Zelda logo on her mask. Uh, There was a girl dressed up as Belle, and she had roses on her mask. So they all fit really well. And the incorporation of that made it to see show us how creative a lot of the cosplayers are. And I'll go over some of the cosplayers that were ingenious in a little bit. But beforehand, let's actually start off with the thing, which is how the weekend went. Well, first off, we got there on Thursday. 
And Thursday, most people were there ready to go. And it moved in and out. You were able to get in, get your passes, and get out. And I had to get my press pass, and I had to get my panelist badge. And that was one, two, three, in and out. Able to check out some of the rooms, but most of them were locked up because they didn't want anyone to look in them until tomorrow because they had to prep them for the next day. There was a couple people in cosplay, nothing really to stand out-ish, except for someone was dressed up as Evil Mimi from Perfect Blue. And yes, she had the red dress and the bloody umbrella. It was beautiful. I thought that was well done. It was just, at first, like, I'm crazy. That's not, oh my god, that is there. Crazy! Run away! Totally worth it. But, so that was Thursday, and now let's get into the first day of the convention proper, which is Friday. And Friday was a pretty busy day, and it was pretty packed. It was more busy than last year's Saturday. Well, it makes sense because probably 20,000 people were there this year. But we had our badges. We showed them. We had our armbands. One, two, three, in, out, and done. No special treatment for any press or panelists, though. You still had to go through bag checks. But it's understandable with everything going on. And there was a lot to do and a lot to see. Now, the biggest thing that I did see, I will say, were four panels that were amazing. Now, first off, we had the Wild World of Gundam Merchandise, which is run by a friend of the podcast, Doug Wilder. And I've got to say, some of the new stuff that he had picked was kind of insane and things you would never expect. Also, I still love that Toyota commercial with Char. Makes it awesome. Oh, and the McDonald's or Burger King commercial with Char. Makes you want to eat burgers because it's Char Aznable. And if he eats stuff, it will make you faster than the Red Comet. You know this. Then I had a fun time checking out the Japanese commercials. And those were kind of crazy. The Japanese commercials panel. It's a lot of the weird stuff. Surprisingly, they did not have... um, my personal favorite, which is the long, long man. But they had some other ones, including one for Resident Evil or Biohazard 8, and which is Village. And it was kind of creepy, the, the trailer. Because it's all chibi form of everyone's favorite long lady. And it was like, this is kind of creepy and weird, but it's also kind of chibi and cute. So, kind of confused, mixed signals. My personal favorite panel of the day, which was Studio Trigger's release of Cyberpunk Edge Runner, where we got to see the first episode edited. And I've got to say this, if this is edited, I have no idea what's going to go on in the actual episode because this was bloody as fuck. But I know I should not be cursing, but yeah, it's pretty what the hell, what happens? And our main character is... Uh, Hispanic, I love that fact. The design is great. It does feel like you're going back into Night City from the game. And as someone who actually plays the TTRPG, there were tons of little references that made me smile about this anime. So I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to see what happens with this. Also, the opening music, if I'm right, is that uh, Franz Ferdinand? Not sure. (laughs) But I can't say any more. Couldn't show any pictures of it, but it was pretty cool there. Uh, The other panel I ended up going to see was Otaku's Guide to Danwa. And Danwa is a type of animation that's made in China and in Chinese. These are animation works that are specifically for them. Also, it's not just that. It's some of the graphic novels as well. 
And while it is still animated cartoons, they have their own style and flair to it, which gives it a very unique and individual style that is very different. Some of the stories are very weird. Like the one that stood out to me the most was one called To Be a Hero, and it's about a guy, or To Be Hero, and it's about a guy named Uncle who is handsome and beautiful, but then when he gets his superpowers, he is huge, fat, and creepy. It was a little crazy and a little what the fuck, but gotta say. It's one which made me intrigued to see more about it. There was another one called Hoyao Shao Hong Nian, or Fox Spirit Matchmaker. And that one set me up and made me more intrigued to know more. There's a couple other titles that were discussed, but I've got to say, this is a panel that you definitely should check out. And the panelist is from Toronto, Canada, and I've got to say, makes you want to go to Anime North and maybe check out her other stuff because she is an up-and-comer i'll tell you that so besides the panels that i saw there's a lot else going on and the main thing we're talking about is cosplays yes so the big cosplays we saw were we saw a totoro and a nausicaa with the masks that are shaped like their symbols that was kind of cool uh my personal favorite was there was a Dejiko walking around in perfect Dejiko costume. And I was like, oh my god, it's Dejiko! And she had Gemma Gemma. That totally made my day because Digi Sharat is one of my favorite old school characters that is so weird and so niche. Like, I like a lot of hardcore scary characters, but then Digi Sharat is just this weird thing that was made for Gamers the Store. It was an in-store animation about a weird cat girl who's an alien princess who shoots laser beams out of her eyes, and she's super mean, but it's adorable in a weird way. And it's kind of cool to see that that is still being popular to this day, even though that Gamers doesn't exist anymore. Also, it could possibly be because there's a new anime coming out, but I digress. So, other big ones. When I was walking through the dealer's room, which we'll get to in a moment, I saw something kind of sus by the... Uh, food court. Yes, someone was dressed up as one of the Among Us characters, the red one. And I was like, hey, he's over there just standing in the corner. That's kind of sus. I was going to go over there, but I did not. Uh, there was someone who's dressed up as Zakai from Die Dark. That was inspired, and I did not expect Die Dark to be there. And besides that, there weren't a lot of other... Co- oh, yes, I forgot. The best cosplayer ever for the day was someone was dressed up as Koming from Yeah Boy Koming and of course his master the musician I was like oh my god it's Koming and the best part is his mask was Koming's face it looked like just the mustache and everything and I was like that's props that's going in the show notes so if you go to spirekin.com you're going to see the picture of Koming it's just wow it gets a lot of points just for how awesome that was and so for the dealer's room this year, I don't want to say there wasn't a lot of people, but the dealer's room did not have a lot to offer this year because most of the industry people were not there this year. No one was really there for industry. Most people who were there were the usual suspects. I mean, Discotech was there. Otaku Joe's was there. Kinakuya was there, Anime Paradise was there, Cheap Manga was there, and they actually had product unlike at Anime Boston. But unlike at Anime Boston where it was just the, the QR code, this time they had product and they said, go check out the QR code for the stuff and here's everything else. And everything else they had was all Podrio, meaning 
all of it was damaged. And that is a shame. It wasn't like there was, oh, it's just some random volume that didn't sell. It's, these are damaged, like, tremendously. Some had water damage. Some were ripped. Some were missing pages. And while on the one hand, it's cheap manga, and I, I bought a bunch of things because I was interested, and I'm never going to find it that cheap anywhere else, it felt kind of bad seeing manga that had been treated like that and was being sold like that. One of them was filled with, I think it was mold. I was like, okay, this is going to garbage. So it was a, a net loss, but it was a shame. I hopefully that once those are gone, they actually have some better product for next time. Uh, what else was in the dealer's room? You had that. You had um, Foam Games was there. And oh, uh, there was the sake sellers who had a sake tasting on Saturday. That was pretty cool. The only thing is you could not buy the sake there. You actually had to go to their store in Washington, D.C. You could order it there, but then you had to go pick it up. Besides that, it was a lot smaller than last year, and there wasn't as much going on. I mean, I will admit, I did check out a bunch of mecha dealers to buy some Gunpla, because uh, I hate to say it, but I've fallen off the wagon, and I am back into Gunpla, people! I'm buying uh, models to build. I ended up buying three Gunpla. Well, actually, two Gunpla. I bought um, the SD Gundam... Arson Lupin X, which is Gundam X, dressed up as Arson because I'm a Arson Lupin because I'm a Lupin fan, so that works there. And then I bought a Goof, which is a blue Zaku. They didn't have the red one. I would have liked the blue one because that's from Eighth MS Team. Besides that, everything else I was really just struggling not to buy because I don't need more stuff. And I'm pretty sure that Greta would kill me if I bought 50 billion Gunplas. She would say I'm going to burn them all. Because it's taking up our room in our house. But that's something for another day. Because <laughs> I try to be very good. Because I do have a huge collection of manga. And I maintain that. And I do maintain some of my minifigs. But Gunpla is a little bit more crazy. So I don't go too crazy. It's once in a while I'll buy them. But yeah. Fell off the wagon with that. Besides uh, that, food was typical food fair. Got some McDonald's. Ended up later going to some other places to get Chinese. But... It was okay. Hung out with some old friends. That was awesome. Hanging out, doing a room party, watching MMA for a couple hours, which was really weird and violent. But it was a blast seeing all my old buddies. And you know who you are. I've talked about you guys on Twitter at Spirekin. So yeah, it was great to see everybody. And I was happy to see everyone. Like just hanging out with everybody felt good. I miss our days of Oda Brews and I can't wait for that to come back. So then. Let's get to Saturday. Saturday, the day of insanity. So Saturday was a bit crazy because of what was going on. And it was a packed day for a lot of us. There was so much happening that, well, you had to get your feet running. And on Friday, there were rumors going around that there was going to be a huge announcement at the Big West panel. And apparently Big West told press ops that, you have to tell people who are pressed to come to our panel. We have a huge announcement that we're not supposed to talk about, but we're going to push it. And for those of you who don't know, Big West is the current distributor for Macross. And there's been a huge lawsuit about the ownership of Macross's original Macross series, also known as Robotech. And a lot of us assumed that it was either going to be that they had regain the license from Harmony Gold for Robotech, which is never going to happen, but we would have gotten Macross re-released with the original dub or sub, or 
we would get a release of Do You Remember Love, the Macross film, which we've all been waiting for. That is uh, pretty much just the entire first TV series done beautifully. And I have a copy of this uh, through a very expensive means, and it is a beautiful film. I would love to see this get a legitimate release in the United States. But, so we go to this panel, and there's a lot of announcements. Uh, so first off, there's a lot of series that I don't care about that just came out. There's one which is a mini short film that's happening before one of their big new films. And then the big one that I was excited about is that we are getting Macross 7. Yes, Fire Bomber Reunite. For those of you who remember Macross 7, that is coming back. So that was a good announcement. But then they had their release for their announcement. They said that if anyone leaks this, we can't do this again. And like, okay, it's going to be Do You Remember Love? It's going to be Do You Remember Love? No, it wasn't. It was a short film that was shown before the new Macross Girls film. That was 10 minutes long. It was not subtitled. And it was a waste of fucking time. It was a bait and switch. And they were so happy that they, they, they did this. They like said, yeah, everyone's going to love this. This is a good idea. No, it's not. We didn't care about this. We have been waiting for something specific, and then you lied to us about it. So, yeah. We all felt pretty much humiliated by it. And just, it was a bad, bad time. And this is the first thing in the morning. So I was a little perturbed by that. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go to a fun panel, a panel that I love, run by people that I know. And I'm talking about the Denpa Manga panel. And wow. First off, great to see Ed Chavez back and see him just be his usual self, talking about stuff behind the scenes and him talking about this new franchise and endeavor that he has worked so hard to create. And if you want to see the mangas that they talked about and they announced to be released, you can check it out at my twitter at twitter.com forward slash spirekin and there's tons of titles that excited me like just going over a couple besides march comes in like a line you had rakuta last which comes out september 2020 tabe girl which comes out october 2020 and then of course fish society coming out in 2023 and short game coming out in fall of next year and it was a great show. It was a blast. Always seeing Ed is a great time. And just, I don't know. It was just, it felt good to, to be back in a panel room that had did industry panels that well and was that fun. So from there, I went to my personal panel because I was running a panel, 22 Pet Manga Recommendations for Everyone. Slightly different than my other panel, which I've run, which is 22 Pet manga recommendations for animal lovers i've changed a couple of mangas around swapped them out and added some new ones including cat plus gamer if you want to check out my list on that again spirekin.com but i had a decent turnout a lot of fun i did have one kid and his parent walk out when i talked about stargazing dog i think they were horrified by the fact that i was talking about how sad that was I wouldn't, I mean, I get it, but still, you know, I shouldn't have opened with that, but I wanted to go different. I wanted to be like, okay, we'll open up with the sad one, then go happy, but that was a mistake. I will learn that from next time. Again, I digress. So from there, I went to another industry panel. This is for Azuki. Now, Azuki is a really cool 
app that is for manga readers that has various new manga titles and there's a ton of stuff on there that's really cool. It is a great subscription service that is up to date, has some of the best titles on there. They do get some from Kodansha and some from a few other sites, but they're they have some uh, their cross-platform capabilities. You have reader customization and you can there's tons to do. Um, they have Starfruits, A Blaze, Futabashi, Glacier Bay, Kaiten Books, and Sozo Comics. And no, I'm not paid by them. I'm not paid by them. I uh, just I really like their product and they're they're really well done. And the main thing, their big announcement was their first pickup, which is this is one that officially Azuki's only gonna have. No one else is gonna have it, and they're actually gonna be translating it themselves, and that's Hikaru in the light. And this is by Mai Matsuda and the images that were shown make me very excited for anyone who has Azuki and wants to read some more. The other ones they were talking about were Turning the Tables on the Seat, Mate Killer, and My Dear Detective, Mitsuko's Case Files. And of course, um, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Uh, there was more that they were talking about, but those are their big ones. And, well, I gotta say, uh, if you haven't had a chance, check it out. Now, a couple that are good to read are A Sign of Affection, Kagaster, Children of Mootown, My Dad's the Queen of All VTubers, and Pop Life, if you want to check out some good ones. And as opposed to actually leaving the panel room to go get some food, I decided to stay in to check out the Dark Horse manga panel, which was paneled by Carl Horn, someone who I've heard tons about, but I've never seen speak before, and it was an insane experience. I've heard about Carl Horn for a while and how important he is in the actual comic book industry and in the manga industry for Dark Horse Comics, and just, he ran the panel almost as like a retrospective, talking about his life and mixing that with the different uh, mangas that were being released, and wow. It was awe-inspiring. He's been in the business for so long, and just hearing him talk about anecdotes, I just wanted to like hear him talk about them for like two hours. I would have bought him a drink and said, hey, let's hang out and just talk bullshit for a couple hours. It was intriguing and engaging, and it's probably one of the best panels I've seen in a long time that's done well. Uh, the announcements, I've got to admit, had me a little bit excited, like the fact that we're getting Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service, the Omnibus Volume 5, finally. And we have a release date for the final volume of Berserk that was written by Kentaro Muro coming out November 2nd. And now that there's a new one coming out, well, we'll see how that goes. You had the release of the final volume of Shinji Ikari Raising Project, which is the Omnibus number 6. Final one coming out on December 25th. So for Christmas, we get, congratulations, Shinji's going to go away again. Yay. And we get um, In Over Innsmouth. Um, the Cthulhu manga is going to be released next year and the images look amazing. I was very excited and happy about this panel. It was amazing and it was a blast. So from here, walked around a bit and I ended up going back to the dealer's room. And this is when the problem with the influx happened because they shut down half of the stairwells because the convention center became packed. And not packed like a, oh, it's just, there's literally one person there. No, this is, there was no room to move. You had people actually saying, you can only go up this escalator. And if you, you're in the wrong line, you have to stay in this line and go upstairs and downstairs to hit the dealer's room. 
It took me 35 minutes to get into the dealer's room again to buy something. So it was crazy. I met some friends for lunch and it was rough just seeing all the people there. And it felt very claustrophobic. Uh, Indeed. I ducked into the AMV contest for a little bit. AMV contest, unlike last year, was in the official theater. So it felt a lot better. It felt more open, it didn't feel claustrophobic, and you didn't feel like you were going to die in that room. This one was a little better and gave me a little bit of time to relax, get my head together, and, well, get off, get away from the claustrophobia you felt from all the people there. And from there, I went to the Artist Alley, and the Artist Alley was okay. There was a lot of interesting items for display, a lot of mixed media items, there was some great Um, items for sale at the auction the silent auction you had a woven knit pattern of the original map from legend of zelda you had shadow images of anya and yor from spy family there was tons of other really cool unique things for auction the actual vendors themselves for the most part they were just selling random things that really didn't appeal to me uh, a lot of LGBT stuff was out, which is fine. Uh, some of it was weird. Like one is, you know how they have the boob mouse pads? Now they have the peck mouse pads, which I was like, really? It's pecs? Okay, okay that works. Someone was selling that. There was a lot of comics that were being sold. There was a lot of plushes being sold. There was one commission person. One commission person all weekend because I want to get commissions for stuff. No one had anything. It was literally, we're not doing commissions this year. I have no idea why. Maybe it was because they changed the rules or maybe people just didn't want to do commissions. I just, it was confusing. There was no one doing commissions and it felt like a lost opportunity. Maybe people are stressed out because they can't take the time to do it. But it felt weird not seeing people giving out commissions or doing commissions. It was a lost opportunity in my opinion and kind of made me feel let down. From there, I went upstairs to the video game room. And the video game room, since they've changed people who have video game uh, consoles and cabinets, this one felt a little different. However, I will admit there were some fun things out there. There was a huge group of people doing Just Dance. There was tons of tournaments going on for various games. There was tons of older consoles playing old school games. Everything from Act Razor straight through to the original Street Fighter. And then the pièce de résistance, the most beautiful thing in this section besides some of the rhythm games and the table flip game, you had the Gundam combat game, which is two fighters versus two fighters. And yes, you could play as the Gundam X, which made me very happy. I lost miserably. I got my ass kicked quickly because I did not know how to do the controls, but it was still kind of fun. And people were being very polite. You had two people who would win, and then they'd stay on until someone else lost, and then... Everyone would line up, and it was just a great dynamic, and it flowed really well for that. You also had their board games set up, and for their board games, well, they were okay. You had some nice things, and they actually had you give them your badge until you returned the game back, so that way you didn't steal it or whatever. There were some unique games I didn't play anything, because I didn't feel like playing any board games, so I just wanted to look at them. I looked to buy some board games downstairs, and I found two that I actually picked up. I bought an expansion for Smash Up, and I picked up um, a um, Escape from Jabba's Palace, which is a card game that is pretty cool. I've got to see if I get Greta to play it. She seems very cautious and does not trust me with that game. I don't know why. Maybe she thinks it's something else. 
who knows anyway i digress uh so from there the other big things that were at the convention was discotech yes discotech was on a saturday instead of a sunday morning and they were at nine o'clock but before that you had mecha anime for non-mecha fans again run by friends of the podcast that was that flowed really well there were some interesting ones some that i felt had a great uh, representation but the main thing was we we're waiting for discotech and discotech had some amazing re- announcements the biggest ones are one you had the official release for the city hunter movie and special collections on blu-ray you had cat's eye volume 2 coming out on blu-ray you had space sheriff Gavin for all you tokusatsu fans there was Dynomech Guy King and uh, Project Echo 3, Cinderella Rhapsody, uh, all of Sherlock Hound on Blu-ray, Shaman King being released, uh, the pilot and the princess. And then at the last minute, as usual, there was a surprise announcement. And this one had the room clapping, screaming, and one asshole made an ass of himself in this. And we're talking about, of course, Ursa Yetzura. The entire complete collection is being released. Yes, it is four box sets and they're getting it out there. And I am so excited because, like I said, it's Urusei Yatsura. It's the reason why Rumiko Takahashi became popular was because of Lum-chan. And the series is still popular to this day. The movies still hold up. And while, yes, definitely Ataru is someone who has to have someone talk to him because he'd get me too'd immediately... It is such a great show. And we're getting an adaptation that's redone this year. So I am excited to see the old series and then watch the new series and just smile at how insane it is. Just seeing Lum and Cherry and Ataru and Shinobu and everybody else as they just go crazy in this weird world that exists. That was fun. And before I forget, let's actually talk about some of the cosplays that I saw. First off, the one that stood out pretty much was there was an old man walking around dressed up as the captain of the Yamato. And he did Hashin. I was like, oh my god, it's the captain of the Yamato. Must worship him. Uh, Must think he's awesome. You had Vivi's walking around. I did not realize Vivi was still popular. There was uh, Lena Inverse walking around. That was kind of cool. There was uh, Ranma Chan walking around, which... No Ranma-kun, sadly. No other characters from that, so that was kind of meh. Besides uh, that, you had a bunch of people dressed up as the Macross pilots. They were distraught in the Macross panel. They were so distraught by that. And um, then we go into Sunday, because I hung out and went back to where I was staying. Sunday, ended up back at the convention, and pretty much just walked around, checked out the dealer's room, checked out the artist alley one more time, Checked out the Studio Trigger live drawing, which it's his live drawing where you just see them drawing a character while answering questions. It's intriguing to pick their brain, but I've seen it before. It was okay. It was just good to relax. But seeing the cosplayers still walking around, there were some beautiful ones. Like one was from Belle. Uh, we've talked about Belle in our review of it, and this is just a beautiful image of her in the rose dress, and just it looks phenomenal. And I'm throwing it in the show notes if you want to check that out. Uh, other ones that were there were the twins from Soul Eater. I didn't expect them to still be popular. You had a Barrett walking around, and Barrett actually is turret spun. Uh, so from Final Fantasy VII, there was a weird cube walking around. Looked kind of like Gumby. Wasn't sure if it was Gumby or not. Kind of confused by that. 
there was an Epo from Hajime no Epo, which that was awesome. And he had the footprint on his boxer trunks and just that was just great seeing Epo. A lot of Banjo Kazooie walking around. There were three of them. And then there was one guy who was walking around dressed up as a Saiyan who had a ball that would change. It's like he's throwing Kamehameha. Uh, one day he was uh, Gohan, next day he was Goku, next day he was Super Saiyan Goku. So he was walking around the entire time. And besides that, that was the majority of the cosplayers that were there. There was no major group. I mean, I saw a lot of members for Spy Family. I saw Demon Slayer characters, but nothing really stood out. Uh, it's a shame that there were so many series that got lost because of of this the season blackout. Like, we didn't see any My Hero Academia that much there was nothing from well actually no there was one person from odd taxi dressed up as the driver from odd taxi but no one from carol on tuesday no one from uh isaac ken it just felt like there was so many series that had great cosplay potential and they're never going to be seen unless a niche member is going to do it so the cosplay was pretty good i talked to a couple of the attendees they've liked it they enjoy it some of them really like the fact that now you do have the masks going on that was their favorite thing that was going on a lot of them enjoyed the concerts that were happening some were really confused as to why there were tiktokers there while others were super excited that there were tiktokers and felt that more tiktokers should be at otakon even though that otakon is celebrating asian culture having american tiktokers there seems a little weird but I think that is about, yeah, that's about everything that we could talk about with this. But overall, overall thoughts, I enjoyed this convention. While there wasn't a major panel I wanted to see or there was a huge concert I was going to go check out or a big reveal for a video, I had fun at this convention. It was a blast. It's always great to go to Otakon. I hope one day I'll be able to take Greta to see this convention and she can enjoy it. But, yeah. Uh, I know that everyone else is doing their Otakon reviews, or they've done them already, and I know I'm a little late, so I do apologize for that. But I just want to get my thoughts together, and a lot of other real-world stuff's been going on, so I do apologize. But I hope you had fun. If you were at Otakon, what was your favorite part about it? Email me, zanspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, email me, zan at Spirekin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. You can check out all of our websites or podcasts at www.spirekin.com we're also on facebook twitter instagram spotify youtube stitcher and various other social media sites if you enjoy this episode remember to like share subscribe support our patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy and as usual i'm your host zan i'm gonsville i'll catch you guys next time and keep attending cons see you later